Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. So he said to them, you also go into the vineyard. And they went. Amen. You better tell us now, Jesus. Tell us now, Jesus, because our time with you is running short. The disciples are confused and fearful, and out of their anxiety, they begin to ask. They ask questions any of us might ask in this situation. They want to know what work is left for them to do. They want to know how they should do the work and with who they should do the work. And of course, they also want to know what will their reward be for doing the work. And so Jesus, with compassion, speaks in parables to illustrate for them the answers they seek in their anxiety. So far in Matthew, since Jesus has been so clear about his journey to Jerusalem, we have heard from Jesus about how to hold each other accountable in community, how to be humble learners, how to deal with serious offenses in relationship, marriage, and divorce, how to forgive as God forgives. We have also heard about the accumulation of wealth and the rich having a difficult time entering the kingdom of heaven. And now we hear about a landowner and laborers. The other day I was driving through a city outside of Asheville and I saw a church marquee. One of my favorite things to do while driving through the countryside is to read the church marquees. This particular sign had me thinking so deeply that I missed my exit several miles down the road. The sign simply read, Christians have, eternal, have an eternal warranty and a heavenly guarantee. Christians have an eternal warranty and a heavenly guarantee. Now, what I assume this marquee was trying to provoke in its readers is actually an answer to the same question the disciples were asking Jesus. What will we get for following you? What is in it for us? A heavenly guarantee, a warranty of salvation. The sign reassures that what they will get through coming to church, maybe even that particular church, is that one can be guaranteed a place in heaven, personal salvation, simply for being there, for calling oneself a Christian, and receiving the grace of Christ. Now, I am in no position to argue that this point is either true or false, but you know I will anyway. Because frankly, it is interesting and problematic to say the least, especially in the light of our gospel today. 
You see, Peter was also asking the question about what the disciples would get for leaving all they had to follow Jesus. Surely, he probably thinks, their reward, warranty, and guarantee will be greater than most because they have given the most. Peter exemplifies for us in part the human condition. Peter, I think, is in fact throughout our Gospels the most human of all. And when we look back on the questions the disciples and the gathered crowds have for Jesus in these final days, they are really all questions about the human condition. And in each of the answers, Jesus takes the most common human response and subverts it, turns it upside down, and asks from us instead the least common human response. We must forgive over and over and over and not seek vengeance. We must sell everything we have and be like children. And now Jesus tells us the first will be last and the last will be first and everyone gets the same no matter how long they've been working or what they've invested. That hardly seems a guarantee or warranty to me at all. It seems to me that what has happened is that Peter and the writer of this church, Marquis, they seem to have actually merged a really good capitalist economic theory with the theology of God's grace. We get out what we put in. This simple economic formula is, in fact, when you think about it, the lens we often see things through from within our human condition and the culture we are in. Whether relationships, business, love, war, and yes, our own salvation, what we get should be equal to what we give. It's just fair. But then, but then we get this parable of the landowner and the workers. And once again, Jesus turns the common human condition and response upside down, just as he will the tables in the temple in a few chapters. The landowner has a vineyard, and of course it needs tending. He hires workers in the morning and they work all day. The landowner goes back to check on the work, and there are more workers He asks those workers, what are you doing standing idle? And they say no one has hired them, so he does. Sends them into the vineyard, and they go. And at the end of the day, all the workers come in from the vineyard, and they all get paid the same wage. Now, some folks out there have preached this passage as a call to pay fair wages for economic justice. And while I believe in both, obviously, I must say there is nothing about this story that speaks to fairness. Doing a whole day's work and getting the same as someone who did one hour of work is hardly fair. Honestly, this passage has nothing to do with payment or economics or justice, for that matter. But I do think it has everything to do with the economy of grace. 
There are some who say the laborers in the vineyard all got the same wage to illustrate that God loves them all and has compassion for each of them, no matter how late they came into the vineyard or how much work they did. Essentially, this theology of grace points to the belief that we are saved by faith, not by works, by grace and not by merit. They didn't all deserve the same payment, and we don't deserve salvation, but it will be ours, we believe, through the pure grace of God. And yes, I agree, grace is present in this parable, and it points to salvation, absolutely. But I'm also curious about another part of this story, and I wonder if you are. I wonder... What would have happened? How would this story be different? Where would grace enter if, when the landowner had seen the idle workers, and the landowner said to these workers, why do you stand here idle? How would the story be different if the workers had said, well, actually, I'm standing here because I really don't want to work. And in 20 minutes, my favorite show is starting, and then I might go down and see what my friend's doing at their house, and just stared blankly at the invitation of the worker into the vineyard. What would have happened to our story? What would happen to our parable? What would happen to that worker? I can tell you, that worker wouldn't get paid, and there would have been one less worker in the vineyard. So while, yes, it is true, we don't get what we deserve from God, we get grace in abundance over and over, and yes, that grace leads to salvation. Grace alone from God is not what saves us. In this story, while God shows compassion and grace, and that grace does meet the needs of the worker, grace was also what allowed the worker to hear the invitation of the landowner and say yes to the work. Grace is what subverted the workers' idleness and led them into the vineyard with the other workers. The grace to respond to the invitation to the work of God by saying, yes, this is what sends the workers into the vineyard, and then and only then can the work of God be truly accomplished. God's grace is present in the invitation to work and in the willingness to say yes, as Carol so beautifully pointed out for us. The grace and willingness to say yes is what puts us in the vineyard to build the kingdom of God. For us, grace is not just a response from God to us. Grace is what allows us to respond to the call of God. And while God loves us all, no matter our actions, it is actually our actions that will create the kingdom of heaven. So grace sends us into the vineyard, but our work in that vineyard is what saves us and the whole of humanity. So the question and challenge becomes, for the disciples and for us now, where are we standing idle Where are we hearing the call of the land worker owner to the work? 
Where are we perhaps stuck or unwilling to respond to God's call to labor for the common good? This is where grace can save us from our human condition. Where grace can save us from our own idleness or our own fear or our own anxiety and free us to do the work that God calls us each to do. Grace will invite us and allow us to say yes to the work before us to build the kingdom of heaven. We will each show up in the vineyard at different times, and we will tend different vines. We will do different work, and God, God will love us all the same, will give us each the same wage, the same compassion. And yet we must each find our own way into the vineyard. As a church, we are seeking that kind of grace through our discernment together about our work in the wider community. So let us continue to stand together, resisting our fear, resisting our own idleness, and pray for the grace of God to invite us to labor together in the vineyard. And let us pray for the grace to say yes. Amen.